Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 37. Happy New Year, Adamantamaniacs. I hope everyone's 2019 is going fantastic so far, and I hope that you had an awesome holiday season. I myself had one of the best New Year's I have had uh, in a long time. As you may have listened in the last episode, I went to Japan for uh, for a couple weeks over New Year's, and it was everything I wanted it to be. Hopefully, I'll get to write about it and post it on the Adamantium blog. But here we are now, 2019, episode number 37, and the first episode of the self-proclaimed season number two of the Adamantium podcast. Thank you guys so much for deciding to tune in again. Very excited for season number two. We got some high hopes and uh, some big goals for this season, for this year. So thank you for coming along for the ride. And to kick off season number two, I wanted to do something special, something a little bit different to start things off. So I went over some of my favorite and some of your favorite episodes from season one. And overwhelmingly, one of the most popular episodes was episode number 10, featuring comedian James Mullinger. Such a great episode, still one of my favorites, if not my favorite. And uh, so to kick off season two, we're going to have our first repeat guest as we invite back James Mullinger onto the podcast. I I had this idea for a little while and I saw that James was coming back. He wasn't in Toronto, but he was very close. So I reached out to him again and like almost, I think within five minutes, I got an email back saying totally up for this brother. But we, uh, we certainly had an interesting time trying to schedule this interview, this podcast. You know, James's schedule is even more packed than mine, and he was doing kind of a series of shows out west in uh, St. Catharines in Oakville, and uh, during the day he, he went from St. Catharines to Toronto to Oakville. So he invited me out to his, his performance in Oakville, which was hilarious, of course, and the plan was to do the podcast after the show in the dressing room, and uh, as I was sitting, uh, listening, uh, waiting for James to come on, they, the, the host of the show said, James is, is going to be doing a, a Q&A after the show across the street at a pub. And I was thinking, oh, I didn't, I didn't know about this. And literally two minutes later, I get a text from James saying, so apparently I'm doing a Q&A after the show. And he, he, he's like, well, you know, I don't think too many people will turn out to it. So we'll do it quickly and then we'll come back and, and do this in the dressing room. So turns out, you know, because it was such a great show, everyone loved him. There was a lot of people turned out for this Q&A, so, and which, yeah, I wasn't surprised, but he was surprised, especially since it was like the first big snowfall uh, of the year, and uh, the roads were really sloppy, but uh, he had a great turnout. So by then, it was actually pretty late, but James was like, no, 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 I still, I still want to to do this. So uh, we actually went, we met at his hotel then. And so this episode is also the first ever midnight episode of the Adamantium podcast. That's right. We recorded this from about midnight to about 1, 1 1.30 in the morning. And it's it's actually a very interesting interview. It's almost a a little bit of a psychology session. James had a a super busy week. He had those couple shows in in Ontario. But before that, he had had literally just come back from from England. He had done his first shows in London in in many years. Um, And he was telling me how he had that week alone, he had had some of the best shows he's ever done and some of the worst shows he's ever done. So in the interview, I guess it was the first time he had really had time to talk about it. And we kind of broke down kind of what went well one night and what didn't go well the other night. So it's really kind of interesting to 
break down the psychology of, of, of a comedian and, and just stand-up comedy in general. So thank, thank you, James, again for not only taking the time to do a midnight podcast. And I should mention he also had a flight the next morning at 8 a.m. So we did the midnight podcast. Uh, James was fantastic. He, I thank him for his honesty. He's like an open book, just an all-around stand-up guy. And I'm sure we'll have him for a third podcast. I don't know when, but I'm sure we'll have him back again. But instead of me blabber about it, let's get on with it. As always, before uh, before we start, just a quick reminder, if you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating and a review. You can also follow The Adamantium on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also find all The Adamantium news on theadamantium.com. You can also get swag on the website. We've got some sweet t-shirts. That's enough promotion for now. So let's get right into season number two, episode number 37, the first ever midnight episode of the Adamantium podcast featuring James Mullinger. Enjoy everyone and a very happy new year. Hoping 2019 is a successful, productive, safe and happy, blessed new year for you all. Thank you. Back again, round number two. This is it, round James two. Mullinger. James Mullinger. It's the rematch. It is. It is the first, the first repeat guest. Oh really? Wow! Yes. I'm hugely honoured. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for doing it. So I, I started explaining it when, you know, I'm approaching now the, the end of. I launched this just about a year ago, mm. in December, and so I guess I'm gonna advertise it as now season season two of yeah. the Adamantium podcast, and we did. And my, my goal was to do, to get to an episode a week. So when we met, you know, at the beginning, I was still pitching it. And yeah. it was all stuff that I was getting direct. So I was, I, I had emailed you directly, or I, mm. that's how I was getting people. Yeah. And like I said, my background came in music, but mm. music journalism, but the music ones I actually found were the hardest to get at the beginning right. because you can't reach musicians directly. You have to go through their publicist yeah. and whatnot. But then once you get it in, they want to see something first. So once I had something to show for, then they just started feeding me. So now, like I said, like last week I recorded six episodes in a week. Wow. I don't even know how I'm going to post all these and stuff. It's amazing. So well, it's it's been, been good. So it's been good. Yeah. Uh, but I, when I was thinking, I was like, I want to do something a little different mm-hmm. for the start of, of this, uh, the second season. Mm-hmm. And it's still actually one of the most listened to episodes is our first episode Wow! and on top of that like and I'm not just saying that because we're sitting here in a hotel room alone I'm staring <laughs> we're staring at each other's eyes but it's one of my favorite episodes oh well thank you yeah it was one of the I definitely I mean I do a lot of interviews and podcasts it was definitely one that I enjoyed the most because I mean you know you obviously you have a, a, we talked earlier about the fact that you have this passion for storytelling yeah which yeah. Um, you know is definitely uh, reflective in you know, the intelligence of your questions um uh, but also, you know, it's it's also why it's been so phenomenally successful, and you've had now you have these people coming to you because mm-hmm. um, people want to talk about their craft, but they want to talk about it in an intelligent way, and they also want to ask questions that they've not been asked a million times before. Right, and that's that's that was also one of the reasons when I was thinking, was like, I tried to break it down. Why was this one of my favorite ones? Mm. Not just because James is great, but I was like, you from the beginning, you got what I was going for. Right. You know, it, it's not. It was never. It wasn't designed to be 
you know, another a red carpet interview right. where it's a blast of questions yeah. in and out. Uh, and I think that you got that, and so I think that's what really turned it into. Right. And sure, I have questions, but yeah. that's just to make sure we're not just sitting here twiddling our thumbs talking about the weather. Well, yeah, well, well, what was nice definitely was, was you asked questions, which made me think, but also it's like, yeah, as I say, artists want to talk about uh, what they do, but but it, you know, it's it's very nice for us to be um, made uh, to get reflective, ultimately. Yes. Yeah. And also, another thing is, I mean, you know, being a comedian in Canada, I can't afford therapy. So, uh, this, is, uh, <laughs> this is a way of getting it out. This is a way of getting it. And for the whole world to hear it, too. Uh, uh, exactly, yeah. But that's it. But again, I, I received a lot of messages from people that, that, that listened to that podcast and were, you know, either inspired by things or the rest of it. So, that's why it's that really very tempting. That. I'm yeah. very happy to hear oh, on my end as well. That That's very, okay. very awesome to hear. Um, and so yeah, and 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 like I said, like the last couple of weeks, I've I've been and I had it in my calendar on my phone. <laughs> I think I saw that you were doing a gig here mm. months ago. I put it in my my calendar months ago, closer to reach out to James. Mm. So this that's why I wanted to do it again. I thought you know right. what, that's a great way to start off the second season. Yeah, with a highlight from the first season, and. Uh, you and know, also, you just, hadn't seen me live then. I hadn't. And then now you've just seen me live for the first yeah, time so like three you know, hours when ago. You, when you <laughs> suggested, and so, so first of all, I, mm. I, I didn't I, I didn't reach out to you until I think it was like last week. Right. And I was like, oh shoot, I left this too late or whatever. And you know, I think I got a response from you like in two minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, let's do it. So I, again, yeah. I was like very appreciative and, yeah. and thank you again for. That's great. Yeah, and now and you know when then when you suggested let's do it after the gig, mm. and I was like, as long as you're fine with that, I think that's great. Because yeah. we can, you know. Well, I mean, for me, it's 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 perfect because before the gig, you know, you're just worrying about the gig. Yes. And then afterwards, um, you can't sleep after a show, especially after a great show. Right. You know, you, you can't sleep. You're buzzed up, and that's possibly why comedians often end up, you know, and and myself included, end up, you know, going out going afterwards, out. drinking yeah. too much. Um, because it is that thing, and it's such a cliche, but that thing about trying to match the high on the stage right. and the rest of it. It's and, um, euphoria. Yeah, completely. So um, it's it's you know wonderful to put that euphoria to better use. Mm-hmm. You know, i.e. to be talking uh, with you, who yeah. I like a lot, and, um, and 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 it's fun, and it's like I say, it's um, definitely more productive use of, of my time than uh, being out <laughs> boozing, which um, it, it's a very interesting thing because it's I've had you know a few days this week of of you know I had a, had a show that didn't go well at the weekend, uh, possibly because of alcohol consumption. And then um, and then I've had a completely dry, clean week, and it's been an absolute joy. And whenever this happens, like my wife always says, why, why do you, <laughs> like, like why do you never learn? Because it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you know, this, uh, these gigs have been, this week, I mean, such landmark moments for mm-hmm. me in many ways. Like, I mean, these are definitely points of which, if you have 10 highlights of your career, I'd say tonight and last night combined. Really? Uh, yeah, like it's, well, it's the first time playing, you know, I mean, Ontario, the, you know... A bigger theatre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and basically the first time playing two big theatres uh, back-to-back in Ontario as the, as the reason that the audience are there. Yeah. Um, it generally doesn't, generally doesn't happen to comedians who don't have a big, you know, TV profile. Or, you know, the, the comedians they normally have there are Roseanne Barr, Ron James, Jerry D. Yeah, you and know. Even I noticed there's Jay Baruchel next week. Right, and, exactly. And, um, it's all big. It's all big names. They tend to not. 
And the, it came about basically because of a, which is, which is when the Canadian arts and culture um, system works. Yeah. Is, you know, Ronnie Brown, the wonderful man that runs the Oprah Performing Arts yes, Center. Yes, yeah, he seemed like a big fan of yours. Yeah, well, he um, got in touch with me a couple of years ago, and it's taken us a couple of years to kind of get, yeah. get, to get this date in. Um, but that really rarely happens where someone sees a comedian that has no proper profile mm-hmm. and decides I'm going to book them. And then it was off the back of that booking that I got last night's. And again, it's crazy. To, for, I mean, literally, like, I have... In St. Catharines, I definitely do not have any profile. And there might be... A, you were talking maybe 20 people in the audience of 500 last night that might have heard me on TBC or something. Right. But that's, you know, that's a lot of people coming out that... A lot of people... So that, how do you think they're getting the word from the venue or from just... Mm. I think when you go there every week, yes, or? these kind of performing arts venues. The reason that um, Cause I, I actually I'm curious to know too because we're at, like I'm right from downtown mm, Toronto. We yeah. don't have, I mean, we have an absolute comedy and it yeah. maybe is a local Friday night thing, but we don't have like a these performing arts like, venues. Which are, yeah, it's a fascinating thing because in a lot of cases, so the way it works with touring for anyone is you can phone up venues and book them. Yes, and yeah. it's of course you know. Um, Colossally expensive to do mm-hmm. so, and you pay for every all the costs involved. And then the greatest honor is when these theaters uh, book you to be part of their yeah. season. Now, if you sell out and you've booked it yourself, you could make a, a, a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got, you're in charge of everything. You're yeah. just promoting everything. Whereas when they when they book you, you earn a, a good amount, and mm-hmm. so definitely nothing to complain about. But um, but of course. Um, not as much as if you, you know, but, but, but the wonderful thing with that system is they're in charge of, uh, of promoting it on your mm-hmm. behalf, which is ultimately why these shows were full, was because they did excellent jobs promoting it. Yeah. So, um, in the case of St. Catherine's, you know, and, and, and tonight, it's that people trust the venue. It's like, mm-hmm. if this person's there, they must be they amazing. Must be yes. And, um, and uh, so, yeah, like I say, it's um, definitely a kind of benchmark moment. And, you know, again, I was trying to learn from... Uh, mistakes and it's mm-hmm. like yeah I had a I had a bad gig at the weekend um, so or, 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 obviously I try and learn from mistakes but I try and be philosophical and positive about them and not, not dwell too much mm-hmm. and I feel like th- that bad gig on Saturday night back in England had made me um, work hard and I should have worked hard on, on that show and maybe I got complacent, and it's that thing where okay. I mean, basically every show, yeah. you know, I mean, what I should be doing, like what I ha- what I have to do before each gig, especially like last night and tonight, is I sit down and I actually plan the set list, and I do the whole thing in my head, thinking about really, like, yeah, like oh, okay, that that's not going to work. This this isn't going to work for here. Like it requires that level of attention. You can't just turn up and and you know. And just wing it. And wing it. Like, yeah. like, and, and I mean, obviously, I, that's not what I did on Saturday night. I did have a set list, but I didn't possibly think it through mm-hmm. properly or carefully enough. Um, and so, yeah, it's, um, yeah, as this job always is a real roller coaster where uh, Saturday night in my hometown and then Monday night performing for journalists in London and then flying on the Tuesday, then Wednesday, and then, and then, and then tonight. It's been, uh, yeah, crazy. It's not a week I'm going to forget yeah. in a long time. Wow, you know, it's really funny you answered two of my questions mm-hmm. already in there. Um, but in preparation is always something I find, and, and everyone, every gig is unique. And, and I can relate to that too, because mm. even with this podcast, there's been times where, you know, I, I have a full time job yeah. on top of this. Yes, that, I run yeah, a family yeah. business and I, you know, yeah. handful of side. And uh, there'll be times where it's, you know, 10 o'clock at night. 
Yeah. And I've got, next morning, I've got one of these. Yeah. But I, like, you can't go and wing one of these. It's not going to be good. No. You know what I mean? It's an interesting fact. Like, last week when I was, because I knew I was doing this New Brunswick presentation to UK travel journalists on Monday, I basically was frantically trying to find audiences last week I could go and do it to. Right. So I'm trying to get in touch with the St. John Theatre Company saying, can I come in? They said, no, we're in rehearsals for Elf the Musical. We are packed. I said, okay, well, when is supper time for the for the performers? They said, between five and six. I said, can I come in at five, get an audience in for 5.15? I'll right. be out by 5.45. I need an audience to do They said, yes. Um... And I advertised on Facebook, like, free, but make a donation to the theatre company. And, uh, you know, we got 40, 50 people in there. And then the next day, uh, I um, went to a local school, Ross and Netherwood School. Turns out there's about 80 students are currently learning presentation skills. So they said, you can, we can get them all in the theatre, and you do the show for them, but can you talk for five minutes about presenting? So I basically came yeah. up and said, like, I, I said, okay, kid, you, you, I'm about to do a presentation for you that I haven't done yet. <laughs> um, so um, here's, it, essentially, this is the perfect way for you to learn about preparation. Like, preparation is key. Like, yeah. some people would have thought they could have winged this talk on on Monday to UK Jonas. I knew I had to prepare. So I rehearsed it uh, twice. And I said to the kids, like, you're going to see certain techniques. Um, like, for example, uh, you know, I'm going to be using my notes. Like, yeah. and... A perfect example of not being afraid to use notes is like when you look at like Greg Giraldo, the, the late, amazing late great comedian, when he would do um, Comedy Central Roast. He had bits of paper in his hand. He didn't try and hide them. And that's the key to me is it's like, yeah, there's times you're gonna, people are going to need to refer to their notes. Mm-hmm. Don't be ashamed of it. What screws it up is when people are kind of like, you know, if, this, if you're trying yes, to it, right. like, 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 don't try and pull the wool over the audience's eyes. If you're going to look at the notes, look, look, okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's, um, so what I was trying to em- emphasise them, like I think for years with stand up, I kind of thought it was this thing that clicked, you know, um, over the years, and it really, you know, n- nothing is like everything has to be preparation. You know, the footballers aren't naturally good at football. Right. You know, it's training, it's, it's practice, and gigs are the same. Like, you know, yes, there are nights I can you know, nights I can go on stage in a club and, and it might just go great, uh, but because of the fact that I, I'm always prepared because the stuff's there mm-hmm. but for these big shows you have to think about every nuance right and um and and then so for monday when i spent i stood in the room for about six hours i'd basically done the speech to us you just never know how it's going to go right even when you are prepared that things can go badly mm-hmm. um but it's weird I was, I mean, this is quite interesting because i mean i've been thinking a lot about this like why did saturday go so badly why did monday go so well against the odds why did last night go so well and um, I think the night before the St. Catherine's gig I was it's a Tuesday night I flew from, I flew all day from London and I was like why did Monday go well and Saturday went bad and I was in the bath at the Alt Hotel at the airport and I guess I opened up the soap and the garbage can was way over the other side of the bathroom in a very inconvenient spot and I was like what, what is it about like the confidence and I screwed up the thing and I just said to myself this is definitely going to go in the bin and just threw it without really looking and it landed in the bin yeah and I just thought okay that is it, and it is that thing when you're not really thinking about something when you're not really it's like when we're on photo shoots when, you, when you're trying to capture people yes and uh, the shot will generally always be the first one or the last one i.e. the one when they're not trying anymore right right and um 
And uh, yeah, and I guess that's the. It, but it's an odd d- dichotomy where preparation is key, mm-hmm. but so is also not overthinking it. Not well, it kind of like uh, you know going with the moment and adapting. You know, like that's it's- exactly like like there is no point me going on stage last night thinking this is a 700 seat and there's almost 600 people in here. And, right. You know, I have to be aware of that because I want to try it. But equally, when I walk out there, it has to be. You are all gonna, you know, we're all gonna have fun. Yeah. Because that's the weirdest thing in the world about this genre. Maybe you said this before, but it's that thing where you're walking out acting like it's the most normal thing in the world, and it's not. Right. And you're also acting the most calm you've ever been. But um, it means the world. So it's weird trying to compartmentalize those things in the same way we do when, like, I'm scared of heights. So that that elevator uh, outside that we come really? up in scares me. Okay. Right? That kind of thing. But it's like when I first went in it earlier and I got in. And I looked out and saw the, the situation. It's like I turned around and faced the uh, just the faced door. the doors, and it's like, well, that, that isn't behind me. Right. Okay. Mm. But it's interesting you said that too because you. I heard you mention earlier in uh, in the Q and A that mm. the best moments are often those ones where you do get a little sidetracked or something happens yes. and you enjoy the moment together. Mm. And I think that's a real testament to the craft because you have to prepare, but you also have to be willing to adapt. Yes. To what's happening and what your audience is. Yes, and refer to the situation. Like, like tonight, whatever that improv was that uh, ended up happening, that mm-hmm. dialogue, and then um, and then we were all laughing. I mean, I had to at that point reference that when we go, that we are going back into prepared material and it is not going to be as funny as what's happened. Yeah. Right? And yes. that's really the key. It's always, always reference the situation like, self-referential and yeah, it's, yeah it's like that's the key it's like when people one of the first things I was taught in stand-up is it's like you know if a siren goes off or someone drops a pint glass or something mm-hmm. you can't ignore it because if you ignore it suddenly the audience uh, are, uh, are distracted yeah distracted and shoot they're taken out of the moment yes and yeah. they're hugely aware that you are not referencing it therefore you're yeah. just rehearsing lines yeah whereas yeah, you have to re- reference the situation and um it's funny how last night and tonight, I mean, last night there was a wonderful moment when, as I'm in the middle of that story about the the, um, the, the belts in yes. the Soviets. Yeah, um, car keys. Yeah, yeah, a guy got up and went to the washroom. And I kind of came off the stage and said, oh, what are you going for, number one or number two? And he said, number three. <laughs> and uh, he, while he's gone, I'm like, what is a number three? And I'm like, maybe number three is when you take the belt off, right? Yeah, okay. So they all go crazy. And again, I mean, it's these moments of just beautiful... Uh, synergy and you can't, you know. Well, I think that and confirms then, to an audience, oh, this guy is funny. Well, well there is, yeah, and then the geezer comes so. back in, and I sort of come off the stage and we lift his shirt and we check to see if he's got his, his belt, belt on, on, see if he forgot his belt. Yeah. And then I, he, sm- he, sm- he smelled up a cigarette, and I'm like, he's had a cigarette. I said, well, maybe the, he, the, he did such a big shit at the end of a cigarette after it was like giving birth, <laughs> yeah. right? All this, right? Yeah. And, and it just kind of mean, again, doesn't sound, doesn't funny now, and anyone listening to that's going to think it's that just sounds crap. Yeah, but. Yeah. Um, but, um, but it was, yeah, just, just, just a, a magical moment, and it's, it's odd. It's odd that basically in the space of a week, to have the drastic the worst gig of the so, last two years w- and the best gig of like I mean up, along with Harbour Station last night I'd say was one of the best gigs I've ever had I mean and maybe I'm exaggerating no I guess one of the best in terms of walking out in front of 500 600 
uh, people that know nothing about you. Right. I guess that's the thing. It's like I probably had much, Harbor Station. Everyone. Uh, uh, yeah, and I've had much bigger reactions in yeah theaters in St. John, um, probably. But um, but yeah, it was that thing of just having a barnstorming gig and there was no expectation. Yeah. They don't all. It's not. They don't all already like me because. Um, because they know because me, they know me and or they know yeah. my kids or they know that I've done charity work for charity work. There was, there was, there's no so it's a real conception or anything. But yeah, but kind of test. Right. And, um, yeah. So it's uh, so how how did you manage then? Because what I find really interesting here is that you, you said the Saturday didn't go well, but the Monday went well and London. Yes. So I mean, I think about it personally. If Saturday went really well, I'd be like in the shits thinking about you know like yeah. maybe I shouldn't even do this Monday you know I mean, I mean you're contractually no, but you're you, you are right I mean that's why how I do you to, build yourself back up to even Monday where you're still in London same you, well, what you it forced, think it might be the same crowd what know? it forced me to do was uh, so looking at positively the reason I worked as hard on the Monday gig as I did but was probably because Saturday because gone so bad. Yeah. Now, had Monday gone amazing, had Saturday gone amazing, mm-hmm. I maybe would have been very lazy and arrogant on the Monday, right? And thought, oh, I've got this in the bag. I'm yeah. the king, and that's the worst thing you can think. And I think, yeah. You know, so, to take a positive, but it's weird. The, the the responsibility that I feel to an audience is so great that like. Um, like I feel I'm, I'm genuinely mortified that I let down the order Saturday night like I'm not someone that just mm-hmm. some, some performers come off and just go off oh, you know shitty audience or whatever yeah. and it's like no they weren't a shitty audience I, I clearly did a shitty job mm-hmm. and um, and um, uh, still mortified about it now like, like, like after the show tonight when again it was kind of an unexpected number of people kind of coming up and saying how much they loved it mm-hmm. and when I'm kind of looking in their eyes I'm just thinking for every one of you saying this now, there is a person who was there on Saturday right. thinking the opposite, thinking that yeah. guy's terrible, he wasted their night. And and I think that's why I worked so hard at this job, because I take responsibility extremely seriously that uh, and it's something Seinfeld talks about a lot. He's like, you know, it's it is super expensive to go out. I mean it's why like, you know, again, I mean I I do okay in life, but Going to a show yeah. is a is a, is a it, 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 we go through a lot of conversation before we and a lot of time we don't go to things because it is mm-hmm. that thing, thirty bucks for the ticket, dinner, for, dinner, yeah, babysitter, dinner. drinks, cabs, blah blah blah, yeah, and it's and you know and you know, two young kids and you know a comedian working in Canada, the, it, it, yeah, there isn't a, a ton of disposable income mm-hmm. like m- most people in the country, yeah. so. Um, uh, the thought for me that I would go to all that effort to go out and then see a show I didn't enjoy, yeah. um, I still beat myself up. Of course, Which, yeah. Um, yeah. That's, I mean, that's yeah. That's that's part of your that's craft, part. and so it means you know what, and I think that also means that it's it's almost like it couldn't also be self assuring that you still care. Yeah, some true. people if they, if they have a crime, they would like you said them, but whatever. Yeah. I know. That's almost a sign of they don't really care as it's, much about their craft. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, I, yeah, I really. And they're um, blaming it on the audience rather yeah, than, yeah. Precisely. Saying and I think why, what they could do different. So yeah. I guess the positive that I take away is 
that yeah, it definitely forced me to work a lot harder on these mm-hmm. just to, to ensure that they um, went well because you do you know you have one bad gig yeah. or one especially one as bad as that and you start to think do I even know how to do this anymore right you know I mean it's, it's something you've been done for f- yeah 15, 20 years but even yeah that's it yeah. yeah and then even when I was watching. Like preparing. I think you're not human if you don't think you know. True, but even when I was preparing for the St. Catherine's gig, and sometimes what I do is watch watch old videos of myself. And right. Again, I was watching an old video from 2014 and filmed at the Imperial Theatre, and I forgot. I didn't realize like all the all the jokes in that show I'd forgotten about. Yeah. And um and it's weird when you're listening to, listening to it back, but. You, you're watching, listening to all your stuff back, but you're thinking, well, that's, this is terrible, this is terrible. I was going to say, do you have a hard time watching yeah, it yeah, yeah, well, you're thinking, well, and even the reason, that's the kind of thing that a bad gig does to you, is you start yeah. thinking, this is all terrible, I shouldn't right. be doing this. And then you go and have, um, yeah, I would I would have done anything for everyone on Saturday night to be to put them on a plane and bring them yeah. over and for them to be at tonight. What's, last what's really funny is there's actually, it's happened twice in the last couple of weeks. I had a couple of musicians mm. on the show who, one was celebrating like the 10th anniversary of their first album or wow. something, right? And they were like, I was like 21 mm. when I wrote that album. He's like, the places want me to perform the thing and all. He's like, some of those lyrics, I look back and I cringe right, at the lyrics because I was like 20, I was a kid when I wrote yeah. those. And now I'm like, oh, I would never write that lyric. Or, and yeah. it's almost the same, you know, because yeah. you're, you're, I'm sure it's the same with the comedian. Your gig adapts with your life. Like, Com- like you had said in the Q&A, yeah. you know, when, when you were younger, you, 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 your gig was around drinking and yeah. then it was around getting married and then having kids and yeah. now it's about moving to Canada. And, That's it. Yeah. And, and then and then as it evolves, I think it'll become about becoming Canadian or right. about, yeah, it's it, it's it's weird like the um Cause we we always laugh at like a band like Blink One Eighty Two whose songs were all about like getting girls in high school right. and, and getting drunk and jumping off roofs and stuff like that. And it's like now you're forty year old men singing those same songs. Yeah. So, now it's like almost kind of creepy. Yeah, it's, it's just a bit weird. Yeah, it's true. It's a weird one. And I guess that that is the bonus with comedy is the plus and the negative is in comedy no one wants to hear the same thing they the heard same before. Thing. Yeah. Whereas with music, it's all they want to hear. Like they only want to hear the old songs. Yeah, it. and it's like when the Rolling Stones are on stage and they say, you know, and here's a new one. Everyone runs oh, off to the toilet. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's like, for oh, a while, God, you uh, Liam and Noel Gallagher refused to play anything from What's the Story, Morning Glory. Right, <laughs> right, yeah, that's true. But and it's it's a it's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, and trying to figure out your set list is always. Um, and so, do you do you work a gig the same way like a musician would work a set list? Yeah, I literally, yeah. I literally. Um, do you write it out and? Yeah, I mean, it's literally. I I I type take. I probably have it right here. And it's interesting, yeah. I mean, so it was almost the same as last night. So I think I removed a couple of things that I thought didn't work, um, and and I basically have to have it printed. Um, okay. And I have it by the side of the stage in case I needed to go and step. I mean, generally it's the same order all the time with a couple of tweaks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I dropped that, I dropped part of that, um, and I forgot one joke, a midget hockey joke, but the rest of it <laughs> yeah. was all um, pretty much verbatim and partly why I type it up is so that I can actually look, sorry, so that I can actually type it and picture the page in my head. Right. But I kind of know the order anyway. It's just kind of a backup thing. And it's and it's a preparation thing. Yeah. And tellingly, you know, I'd written the set list for Saturday night weeks ago. And then, um, yeah, maybe didn't refer to it enough. I don't know. But, um, but, like, before the show last night and tonight, I took myself away from the other comedians 
and just started going through it in my head. And it, that's the thing you have to do is just think, right, wh- how, what are you going to say when you walk out? Um, and, and yeah, get it, get, it, get it nailed, you know? And let me, I, I'm, I'm curious about this when, when you were performing in London because, uh, I mean, uh, for, for people listening, a lot, of, a lot of your material right currently mm. is about moving to Canada mm. and the difference between England mm. and Canada. Did that even on the Monday? Did did that? How did that go over with the crowd? Did, were they reacting to well, comparisons that, to Canada? Yeah, well, that or, was that was a fascinating one because Monday was a show for British journalists about right. New Brunswick. Okay. So I was a bit hired by it was into a corporate gig had booked by New Brunswick Tourism. So. What's interesting is, of course, a lot of people said, um, they said, you know, so they said, feel free to do jokes about New Brunswick, like, do, do your homemade wine, do your maritime directions thing, and I'm right. like, no, 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 that won't work. Right. Because they don't know those things. Like, it. that's only funny here, because we all know it. Like, explaining to someone that homemade wine exists and is a thing, and then going into the, doesn't work. So... So I am coming back over in June to do something for Destination Canada. And what I think I need to do is come back and do what I should have done this time, which was stupid to not, and let's do some, you know, small pub warm-up gigs. Right. Like, what the crazy thing... And even, like, the best... You know, I've heard about Louis C.K. still walks into local... Well, and that's what I do... That's what I do all the time. Right, right, is I I do this in St. John, just go and do these, these small gigs. Again, the Saturday thing, to go straight into doing like a 200 or 300 seated theatre, right. having not done a gig in England for four years, yeah. actually now with the benefit of hindsight was utterly absurd and mm-hmm. was uh, uh, arrogant, basically. Mm-hmm. Thinking, oh, well, it's be the same thinking I'm, I'm, you know, I'm good enough because I can do this, mm-hmm. to think actually I could come back and, and um, tweak a set overnight into... W- was actually stupid and, and actually I mean it's interesting to see talking about it itself mm. because it's, I've spent all week trying to figure out what the problem was yeah. and actually I think we just basically hit <laughs> it, it, yeah hits it right there there's the therapy this really is like therapy <laughs> um, that is essentially it like you know there are going to be things that need ironing out and, mm-hmm. and tweaking and um, so when I come back yeah it's going to be all about is it easy enough to just like you know the town you're going to is easy enough just to call up a pub and say hey not, can not I come at all and, I mean yeah <laughs> because it's thousands of people all trying to do the same thing all the time I mean, right if you're if you're a big name like you know in England like Ramesh Ranganathan or Alan Carmen and right. as is the case with Lucy K you know pre-incident you know they can phone up any car basically they can, all they can just in, in England they would always phone up in advance and say and they would be able to when you're lesser known. You can't do that. I mean, in St. John, pretty much, again, lucky enough to have a situation there where yeah. most places, if I say I, want, I need to come and do some stuff, they will, they will have me. Yeah. Um, but no, in England, no, but uh, that, it wouldn't be the case. But what I would do is, when, when I'm over in June, I'd book a couple of 10-minute spots at smaller places. Right. Um, because, yeah, that, that's basically what went wrong, was, was you know... Yeah, that's funny. I've just been, yeah, I've hit the nail on the head. Just talked it out. Talked it out, exactly, yeah. (laughs) It's probably the first chance you've had to talk it out. Let's actually, you know, you hit a good transition. I want to talk about your second arena gig. Oh, yeah. So last time, last time we spoke, it was was right before, before, just before. So, um, so it's it's for the people listening, it was at Harbor Station. Yeah. Arena in St. John in April, and this time was was called Almost Canadian. So this 
How did this process of doing this big arena gig compare to the very first time? Interesting. Was question. there a number of factors that were already in place? That yes, I mean, it made it easier because I knew. Um, you had contacts. Yeah, I knew. I knew, well, I knew it was going to work. I, I mean, show. Yeah. You mean show-wise or selling it? Both. Both. Yeah. Both. I mean, the selling of it was easier because the first time I had three months to, to sell it out and this time I put the tickets on sale a year before so I had a year to mm. do it um, okay. it was never re- that was never really a stress was the, t- was the tickets moved at a consistent pace I knew what I had to do um, whenever tickets slowed down I would go and do a little you know talk in a school and put, mm-hmm. promote it in the tickets it says would go up again the show itself um, I knew I wanted every single joke to be different from the first time the so first it's basically show, yeah. two years uh, all new material um, I did, again, it comes back to preparation. Mm-hmm. The reason I was at Yuck Yucks that weekend when we, when we first met yeah. um, was, you know, I mean, again, and, and not to disparage it, but um, generally when you, when you travel for, to do uh, comedy clubs, um, you know, in different parts of the country, the world, obviously there's travel and hotels involved. Because Toronto uh, has enough comedians, mm-hmm. understandably, Yuckucks are not flying comedians in from New mm-hmm. Brunswick to do. We, so uh, it's not the most cost effective uh, we, uh, thing to do because mm-hmm. you're coming in a hotel and travel. So essentially, it's a, you know, it's a breaking situation. But the reason I was there uh, in the most prestigious comedy club in the country was to basically get myself sharp for Harbour Station. Okay. Right. You know, so I was doing four or five shows over that weekend and I pretty much did build up. I pre- every, everything was prepared just right. I basically booked, you know, 20 odd gigs in different places from... Oh, that's so weird. The radio just come on. Some... <laughs> someone set the alarm for 12 for midnight. That's what a weird time yeah. to set the alarm for. <laughs> Um, I don't some, want to sleep tonight. Yes, yeah, exactly. Someone with a very early flight, <laughs> clearly. Um, and so basically, it, and, and again, it's like I didn't want to just do it in New Brunswick. I needed to do it in Toronto. Where I had to, you know, yeah. uh, see the stuff worked elsewhere. And um, so I prepared everything perfectly. And then the night before the show, I went into the set at Yuck Yucks um, uh, the, before the, 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 the big show. It's always a worry, like, am I going to make myself tired by going out and doing the right. set? But basically, I prepared perfectly for it. And, and in all honesty, what's interesting is the special that has been filmed of it. Mm-hmm. When I watch it through, um, I guess I probably did an hour and 15 minutes on stage, cut down to an hour. I watch it, I, 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 there's nothing I would change. Like, there's a few bits I've cut mm-hmm. that didn't land as much, but, you know, the bits right. that weren't quite ready yet. Um, but basically I look at it and yeah I, I couldn't have you know uh, other people could have done it better but I couldn't have done it better <laughs> like, like, like you know it's not you know, it's nothing I don't want to say that it's the, but in terms of what my capabilities are yeah. that's as good as I get and when I watch it um, it's odd because yeah I normally when I'm watching myself I'm you know super critical, critical going oh yes, you yeah. could have done this you missed this line and yeah I kind of watch it back and go yeah I I so that when you watch my new, you enjoy it. Yeah, um, but then I guess, uh, is it as good as the first one? I mean, in some ways, it's the performance. No, oh, that's not what I meant. I didn't no, mean that in any, by any means. No, like, no, but, but no, but you do. I do ask myself that because mm-hmm. also the first one was. Well, I'm curious to know how your 
I mean, your story progressed from the first one to this one because your first, the first one was about you first arriving or first moving yes. to New Brunswick and the differences you realized yes. between. So what was, how had James's story progressed into I think you, you could argue Canadian. that this one is slightly, an edgy is the wrong word because it implies actual edge, but it's okay. definitely edgier in that the first one is, you know, I've moved here and it's so amazing and here are the little differences and you don't know how lucky you are to live in this beautiful right. place, bloody, bloody, blah, blah. This one was more of a, you know, y- you have got to stop doing this or okay. like, you know, I mean, I guess slightly more fierce, I guess, in my, and confident in what I'm criticizing. Right. So, I mean, one routine was the whole, um, so the first time it's like, you know, the first show was a bit homemade wine and you know why don't you you know love this more look how beautiful it is this time it's like um you all get so angry which they do about the whole saint john s-a-i-n-t john right. and st dot john okay because uh st dot john's is obviously st it's, john's yeah. saint john is is saint john fully written out. and if someone puts st dot john they go and I and I basically say like I'm, I've made the point this time, which again I would never have dared to do this two years ago, and I probably wouldn't have been able to get away with it two years ago, yeah. because you know new boy can't swan in and can't turn them off. Yeah. But I basically the routine was something like you've all got to chill the fuck out about the St. John thing, because what happens is this, and this is true. What happened is someone like James Taylor or Kevin Smith, perfect example. Kevin right. Smith comes to St. John for a, a fan fest, has a wonderful time, says he's going to make a movie thank here. Thank you, St. John. Oh, he's sitting at the airport, and he's about to stay here when he invites, thank you, St. John, love your beautiful city, and he lands in LA, and there's a thousand, fuck you, Kevin Smith! <laughs> it's, it's Saint, not ST, Doc, right? Yeah. And, um, and, and now he never wants to come back. Yeah, and now he hates us all, right? And it's, like, <laughs> and it, it's like, you've got to chill out about it. Like, yeah. no, one's do, no one's not being insulting. Yeah, ST is the abbreviation of Saint. That is it. It's yeah. not. A, but people freak out over it. Really. And um, and I was like, you've got to chill out about it. And I and then I think I guess the punchline was that uh, you know I yeah I know what you and, and I said look I've turned you I've turned all five thousand of you. You're all angry with me. You're all thinking oh he can fuck off back to Engdot right. <laughs> and um, and again not the greatest thing in the world, but it was just a, a thing I wanted to yeah say. So I guess that was that's a perfect example of how the material. Different right, where it's like, best, yeah. yeah, it's gone from, you know, isn't this a slightly funny observation that you guys do this, and isn't it amazing here, to uh, being slightly more fierce and confident well, in those... Now- it's 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 interesting too because now this one's called almost Canadian. Yes. So you're a little more Canadian on the way. Exactly. Will there be a trilogy where the f- final well, one is you're a full citizen and now it, you are Canadian? Yes. Can, yeah, Canadian <laughs> by choice or something. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That probably is. That's probably it's a good way of looking at it. Yes, I think that probably will be. Um, will be the plan. I mean, it's yeah. The, the, it's um. It is always a fascinating process, but yeah, I guess a huge part of it is when you're a new new person in town, you can't be going out. You can't be calling people out on exactly. <laughs> yeah. Whereas then it's like Tuesday, it's like okay, I think I've earned the right now to say this, and um, and it's kind of the same with you know when you look at comedians once when you build a fan base, you can say things. Uh, it, it's more freeing when you're doing those. Um, shows when you're walking out and the audience know you mm-hmm. um, because you do have some flexibility yeah you know and the, but the danger you can run into is thinking of too much flexibility like, like again I mean right. bad gigs I've had in St. John is sometimes me thinking you're like me 
so I can uh, say this, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's a mistake. Mm-hmm. And I think again, uh, uh, another balance. another mistake that I think I made on Saturday night, thinking, right. um, you know, like I've come back home. Isn't it great? Local lad done good. Yeah. And um, and actually, um, they were like, okay, well, please have done good. Let's see what you got. And yeah. then um, I didn't. Uh, yeah, that's the best. Didn't hit the way you wanted mm-hmm. it to hit. So, yeah. Um, um, when can we expect the video to be released for? So when question. can we watch it? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, um, I will send you a link after this. Uh, okay. Much, but um, but in terms of um, release, it will probably be January, February next year. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, definitely on a streaming network like Amazon. Well, you know what? Yeah. You know, as this, this is going to be the launch of the second season, so yeah. well, yes. technically we're in the future already. Oh, so future. it's coming That's out true. very soon. Very soon. <laughs> so yeah, like Amazon Prime and Hulu in America, and then also I'll do it on Blu-ray as well. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm incredibly happy with it. And, and also, I mean, another important point in the shout out is, um, you know, it was the the first one was shot and filmed and edited and done by a massive production company in St. John, who also made that CBC documentary, yes. City on Fire. Yeah. Um, and this one was done by like a 26, 27 year old kid. Really? I, I mean, I use the word kids, maybe not very nice to call 20. But, but yeah, he's, he's a young guy who uh, came up to me about two weeks before the, the first type of station show and said, Can I come on? take pictures at your big gig and my friend was uh, Travis Boyce a comedian I know and I said yeah quite great and he came and took pictures and they, some of them made the front cover of the newspaper wow. and over time we've just kind of built up this relationship and he basically ha- headed up the team on this whole job and mm. I'm just I mean and you've seen the trailer I mean it's it, it just mind-bogglingly yeah. good and it's to me that's another nice byproduct of being in uh, this place and trying to create industries there is I don't doubt that he, you know, a couple of years ago, were it not for these and other jobs, probably would have had to come to Toronto. And it's just, it's interesting too that, uh, you know, it's another way that proves like being comedians your own business, you know. Yes. Look at all these. Exactly. It's it, like it, it, contractors you're involved, you know, working with. Well, that's it. You're involved with other people in, in, in the business, but you're, and then also with someone like that, like to see his, to see this amazing piece of work he's created, uh, and it's not like it's it's not like it, it again. You can't create things. I've told this before, but you can't talk about things being great. Oh, this is good enough for here. Yeah. Like I'm selling it to Amazon, you know, Prime, Hulu. Yes. It needs to be. So we're helping had, his career too. Yeah. yeah. Well, so we've sent. So he did this incredible job, and so far, um, like Seinfeld's publicist has seen it. Uh, the head of TV at Just for Laughs has seen it. Wow. Um, Someone from Craves watched it, and their feedback has been phenomenal. Yeah, you know, again, and the reason I sent them was because I don't want to. I don't want to hear this is this is good enough. I want. I, if it wasn't good enough, I'd want them to say. Right. And they all came back, and they came. They had advice, which yeah. things that we we changed and things, but um, you know, it's just incredible for for. What's for, what's the 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 fella's name? Tyler, good question. So I should have said Tyler Warren Ellis is his name. There you go. And, yeah, yeah, Tyler Warren Ellis, and basically, yeah, and he has a website, and 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 almost any video you see of mine yeah. on, uh, okay. on like it's you know. Did it give you a bit of a? That's my boy. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I mean, big time. I mean, yeah, like yeah. when I got the first, like I knew it looked good to me. Yes. But when I got the when I got the email back from um, a Brent at Just for Laughs, who's again no one knows more about filming stand-up than him. Yeah. And um, and I go through in his comments, very few, people said this is beautiful, and he had some advice. Yeah. But there was no real criticism. Seinfeld's probably the same thing, and so yeah, it's incredible that um, 
for someone to you know rise to the challenge like that. Yeah. yeah. How did how did classify? I noticed that the the, the trailer. Yes. The music was done by classified. How did he get involved? That came about um, actually again through a combination of we. I commissioned Tyler to go and shoot classified for the maritime edit, mm. and uh, classified loved Tyler's pictures. Asked Tyler if he could use them. Tyler said, "Yeah." And so classified was using them. So when we wanted the track, and we wanted that track, yeah, it was just perfect for the. Um, Tyler got in touch with him, and again, it's that thing where you know you impress someone, they've done you, you, you do them a favor, they'll do you a favor. Yeah, and it's um, yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Um, one one bit that I always loved from your. Um, from your material was the where blank used to be. Oh right, right. So yeah. those the way they describe directions is yeah. describing what used to be there. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I I was thinking about it a lot recently because I almost felt like I've been using it where I where I come from in Toronto mm. is is like the Midtown area, right, yeah. Eglinton, which used to be dubbed Young and Eligible. Yeah, I don't know if it is yeah. anymore because yeah. it's a different neighborhood from Jeez. when I grew up. It's the most developed neighborhood in Toronto. Wow. So now it's always feels like, it, it pretty much feels like it's a construction site yeah. where Young and Eglinton used to be. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And every it's description true. is like there's something new every year. Yes. And it's like, well, that's where that used to be, which is where this used to be. Right. <laughs> and I think there's that funny thing where that yeah. does almost happen everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But what's funny is, is once you point it, once someone's seen that routine, yeah, then you they, see it everywhere. I mean, I get emailed yeah. stuff every day. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, of you know, newspapers or signs for buildings. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's an inn in Bangor called formerly the Bang- Bangor Motor Inn. Like, it's just massive. It's saying what it used to be. Oh, okay. Like, it's, it's crazy, yeah. But, yeah. Um, wow. Bangor, where's that? Bangor, Maine. In Maine, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is the name of the town my mom is from. Oh, no way. In Northern Ireland, yeah. Wow, how bizarre. Constance, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bangor, Northern Ireland, yeah. It's about an hour outside Belfast. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, and I, so I wanted to know too because uh, you also have a we've, we talked about before you have a journalism background yeah. uh, and so I wanted to know what's what's new and upcoming what's new with the edit the maritime edit yeah um, so we literally just actually sent the new issue to the princess today okay um, and how often are do issues so quarterly out? quarterly okay yeah so what was interesting so today I, w- I was at Zuma magazine like doing an interview with them about the magazine about comedy and stuff it's interesting mm-hmm. how they it was so nice to go into like again a magazine office like the ones I used to work in because now it's you know we we, yeah. trend, we produce in this mag- national magazine but we're doing it around our dining table and it's there's right. essentially three of us on it full time and, and uh, other loyal contributors and stuff who, who we very uh, massively but um, for the most part it, it's three of us around the dining table mm-hmm. and um so it's amazing to go into this kind of these huge offices of this kind of Canadian uh, icon of, of magazine publishing, and they're kind of giving, you know, props to 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 what us and our, the little thing that we're doing. Yeah. So it's a wonderful experience. It's also nice to be back in that kind of bustling yeah. magazine environment, which, um, I mean, the other side of it is it's going incredibly well, and um, you know, I guess. We're securing more and more advertisers like the ones that we hoped to get when we when we started out, mm. and um, and we're also getting brands getting in touch, which is something that rarely happens in magazines. That like yeah. you have to uh, everything you have to chase generally. So yeah, I mean it's the growth's been incredible, mm-hmm. and um, 
but we never stop working. I mean, we like it's a crazy thing when you work with your partner. Like you know, it's like when you you go for you know drinks up to work with work colleagues, yeah, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna stop doing that because all we do is talk about work, work. yeah, and yet what basically means is when my wife and I wake up the, one of the first things one of us will say to the other one is work related yes and the last thing we'll say to each other before we sleep it's at night is work related yeah, yeah. It's a, and so um, but all of that said I mean yeah, our dream was to always work for ourselves so yeah sometimes I have to I was going to say sometimes I have to pinch myself but I actually don't I just get stressed and annoyed but it's again only now kind of getting it out and talking about it you know I can't believe that when we lived in London and felt frustrated about working for other people and right. not having, you know. I mean, for me, the, the the biggest difference is that before I'd wake up, you know, I'd have an idea over the weekend of uh, something I wanted to do for GQ and then spend the whole weekend plotting and planning how I was going to pitch it to my editor. Yeah. And then going to run a pitch to it and it wouldn't happen or they'd say yes, then it might go to someone else and all these th- things. And the weird thing now is, is you know, I have an idea, and I know that I can just do it. Do it, yeah. Right, um, which yeah is incredibly satisfying. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And I, I, I appreciate. I come. I, I, yeah, I love one of the things I loved about you from the beginning was was the journalism background. Oh, thank you. And the same appreciation. My my one of my lifetime dreams was to actually was to contribute to Rolling Stone right exactly that's, yeah, always, nice, been, yeah. that's always been one of but my you still got plenty of years oh it's I, I'm, I'm it's not counting it out no yeah, no, yeah. no um but uh so that I that's a just it was a little side right. note because have you I, ever I seen the movie Perfect with John Travolta no because it's weird because it's my one of my favourite movies it's 1985 it's John okay. Travolta and Jamie Lee Curtis and in the movie the journalist played by John Travolta he's yeah. writing a story for Rolling Stone okay. and the editor Jan what's his name uh, Jan, yes yeah. uh, I always yeah. forget his name he, too. he, is, in, he is in it yeah as himself. he's in the movie yeah wow um, but it's the movie that made me want to be a journalist really and, um, and so mine was, you, well mine was almost famous right I was interesting but you will love Perfect because it's literally Rolling Perfect. Stone is it yeah. like I said as it was but, almost um, famous was also Rolling it was Stone it was yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess how old are you again? I just turned thirty. Right. So the age difference thing is definitely because I I saw Almost Famous at the cinema with my wife on one of our first dates when really? we both started at Condé Nast. Yeah. So it was would have been two thousand two. Did it come out? Yes, around the, yeah, yeah, around then. So mm-hmm. I I just started the GQ. I didn't see it until years later. But right. It was when I could have appreciation for. But it. Perfect was the movie that I saw at like age nine. Yeah. And wanted to be a journalist because wow. it, John Travolta got to have sex with Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, yeah. And but, that's um, what Jamie Lee was like. Yeah, yeah. And I, but that's why I liked. Um, but yeah, no, just everything about Travolta's character movie, I'm like, yeah, yeah. That, that, I, I want to be that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, I lost my train of thought. No, now. Sorry, sorry, yeah. no. no. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis will do that. Yeah, that's it. I'm, now I'm just thinking yeah. of that scene from True Tra- Lies. Did, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking trading places. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, almost, almost Famous was always one of my favorite. Well, I was always a big fan of Cameron Crowe. Right, yes. I always. Um, well, I always a testament my my good taste in music growing up to Cameron Crowe movies, Tony Hawk video games. Right. And. Uh, in Canada, we had, or in Toronto specifically, we used to. I, I one thing I miss. 
is one is, is print magazine and right. two is is the compilation album I think is a yes. lost art now with playlists being thrown at you every which That's way true. we when I grew up there was an, uh, an album so much music is the music station yes. here Every year they released an album called Big Shiny Tunes. Right. And so did you have Now That's What I Call Music here or no? What's that? Now That's What I Call Music. Well, there was like Now. Oh, Now, yeah, now yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was similar to that, but it yeah. was like alternative stuff. Oh, and cool. If anyone, like literally everyone owned Big Shiny Tunes number two specifically. If you ask anyone in Toronto that's, you know, that's between true. 25 and 35, yeah. And, and ask them about Big Shiny Tunes like yeah Big Shiny Tunes too. So like, that's the one when if you go to a charity shop there'll be 10 copies yeah of it, probably yeah. so I always test my, my musical taste to those three things right. growing up and so. that's right like yeah it. yeah um, so now yeah so we've talked and, and this is something I'm very interested in myself mm. because it's something that I struggle with on a day to day basis between touring mm. and doing stand up writing writing material preparing for your stand up publishing a magazine and having a family how do you manage daily life <laughs> well it kind of gets back to maybe that thing I said in the Q&A about that Bob Dylan quote which actually I recently discovered isn't a Bob Dylan quote everyone thinks it is <laughs> um, but, but we'll call it that it's um, the one about you know um, if you love what you do you never work a day in your yeah. life and I mean it is crazy busy all the time yeah um, but I mean I'm literally doing everything I love right like I mean and the other thing is, it's some of it's an illusion. I mean, I was probably, it was busier in London when I was trying to do a day job right. and trying to get around when, you know, you're stuck in traffic all the time. I mean, you know, I am busy, but then I still get through a, probably a book a week. Uh, I probably watch really? uh, a couple of movies every week. Then um, I'm playing with the kids. Yeah. I mean, this last week has been mental, but like, you know... I get depressed and angry with myself if I'm not being productive. Right. So like, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I get upset at myself when I'm sick. Right. I'm not doing enough. Exactly. (laughs) Nothing's getting done. (laughs) So like last night, the gig finished. Um, Yeah, one of the gigs of my life came back. Um, I mean, that's partly what I like about these big things. You you were saying even like your day today, you were in St. Catharines, you went to Toronto, came back to Oakville. Yes, yeah. I mean, I've been everywhere today, yeah. Right. I was was up at six working on the magazine stuff. Yeah, Um, right. You know, but um, it's all things I want to be doing. Right. That's the difference. That's the big thing, yeah. Yeah, there's really nothing on the list. It's because I think there's, there's, I was was actually talking about this with my cousin who came to the show with me today. Mm. I was like, I always find I've got this massively endless to-do list mm. and I'm always just crossing off the most immediate one the one that needs most immediately finished right right <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll show you something if I've got it here right? yeah so this I mean this is my um, this is my to-do list I've got thousands of these books but I mean this is this is this is the to-do list like, right each day right yeah you know and it's like I mean I, I compile this list and I've got to take them off now I mean some days I get I look at this list yeah and it stresses me out. Yeah, it stresses me out. You know, it. and it's like, well, why, why do this? But then the satisfaction of getting it done. Yeah. I know it's a weird one. And it's funny, like, I mean, going back to what we were kind of joking about before about the therapy thing, like, you know, I went into therapy very briefly and quite literally did have to stop because it was too expensive. Yeah. You know, I don't have health coverage, obviously. And um, one of the things that did come to light was that, you know, that, that he was like, almost certainly I have, you know, ADD or ADHD or one of those, you know, CD and all these things. Yeah. And um, 
one of the things that I knew I didn't want to do was to go on any kind of medication. Right. Like I'm kind of against the idea of um, you know taking drugs as a solution to things. Right. And um, and one of the main reasons for that is not wanting to nullify the fact that possibly the reason that I am as productive as I am is due to because whatever yeah. disorders I might have. Right. Um, now, obviously, in some ways, you know. Uh, if one was getting help for things, some aspects of life would be easier. Yeah. But equally, Something the amount better. that I'm getting done is almost certainly down to whatever. OCD and exactly, and yeah. exactly. Right. The obsessive nature of... I know. Um, I always, I'm like, eight hours have gone by. Yeah. I've got this list of 20 things I've crossed off two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. There's 20 more things are constantly coming and, up. Right, that's and, it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a funny one. And that's it. And I mean, you, and you're balancing a family on top of that, too. Right. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I, I think about it some days and I'm like, I can only do this right now because I am single. And <laughs> but, 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 yeah, but you throw first, another person, let alone yeah. children, in the mix. And it's like, I don't, I don't even know how I would have, <laughs> I can't even schedule regular dinners right now. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I guess in that thing, I mean, yeah, you just always, you always find a way to make it work. Yeah, right? that's it. So you do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple more things. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one, I want to know uh, one of the things I really enjoyed about our last mm-hmm. conversation. So I want to know what are some of the latest additions to the VHS movie Good collection. Um, a few gems. A friend of mine bought uh, some wonderful gems to made in the charm. I mean, again, in the crazy world of collecting, only would yeah, I know. a collector friend think. I bought a pile of vinyl for him from Canada. Yeah. And he brings a big carrier bag full of VHS. Yeah. Um, now, what have I bought recently? Um, Heat with Burt Reynolds was one that I bought and watched. Um, I've also bought a couple of the rare old video nasty horrors from England. I noticed. I noticed on your Instagram. There yeah, was a few, there's a picture of a few, few horror, yeah, zombie movies. Exactly. Um, but what else? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm always picking up uh, tapes to the extent I actually, I'm actually swearing that when I get back from this trip, like I might try and clear the decks a bit. Like my, okay, because my office. Looks like a museum of fashion movies. Yeah. <laughs> the basement looks like that. Yeah. Um, and I keep posters and clippings from shows and stuff. So, yeah. uh, I was I was kind of get a bit of this when I'm away and on the road for a while. It's like going back with this kind of new outlook. And it's like my wife hates all the clutter. Okay. Um, and yeah, I can have a collection without it being quite so cluttered. And I kind of feel like I need to get back with a clear head again it, it, it's weird it's funny how the knock on effect of a bad gig all these things yeah it, it affects the rest of the like, from now I'm like I yeah. need to clear my head I need to regroup yeah but then then of course then you have you have three back to back great gigs and you go do you have a do you have a your own like how do you what's your method of clearing your head Good question. Uh, leaving the, my any leaving any room where all my shit is in and sitting at the dining table, okay, where there's nothing else in the room, yeah. and and doing that. But I mean, there's other things I could be doing. I mean, reading books and watching movies right. is a way. It's just a way, okay. But I mean, I'm terrible at looking at my phone constantly, right. and um, me too. You know what? I, yeah, I've I, noticed that. I I can't. It's walk down the block no. without like I'm in my hands in my pocket and I'm like I know. You literally just check this two it's seconds ago of habit. it's really bad now yeah and and it's like and I also have to admit I'm doing it when I'm driving like I mean, all the terrible things it's like I mean I say this I say this often and I and I always say I'm gonna but this time when I get back it's like I have got to 
I mean, of course, it, it, it's weird though. It's mm-hmm. it is like an, a drug addiction. Yeah, like it is. This, 100% you know, screen addiction. Yeah, your hands are constantly going to it. Yeah, constantly refreshing, seeing what likes you've my, got. My escape's always been uh, I like to run, right. so I'll just go out for a run. Right. And now I'm away from my phone. I'm away from work. Well, perfect. I mean, I've started that's swimming recently. That's yeah. I guess swimming. Yeah, yeah. I, I basically you're not do, thinking about anything. No. Well, or you can think about. You can think about it. You haven't got any actually. You can't take your phone in the water. That's sometimes when I have my my best ideas. Too, right. Because I'm not thinking. About that's exactly it. exactly when the best ideas come. And I basically I've been going to the gym three mornings a week now, and arrive, go for a swim, and then go to the gym. And it's nice because. Um, the average age in there is about 80 at this time of day, <laughs> the time yes, of going yeah, I drop right. the kids at school and then yeah. I go and, um, but yeah swimming is definitely a head clear up yeah. and, and sets me up for the day okay it's a so, fun- so you're going to clear out a bit of the collection now and you I'm gonna t- tidy, tidy up, it. Tidy up a bit. Are they organ? Are you like? Was your? Does your OCD kick in with your collection? Some or? parts, yes. Okay. Like the albums are all up. It's good. And the new ones, like, and the new ones. And but but other parts, it's just every time I get something, it goes on a shelf. Yeah. And and it's just every every. I don't know. It's a nice museum of everything yeah. from gremlins toys to you know but right. I think something's gonna yeah. my, uh, like my collection's nowhere near yours I mean it I think was. I sent you a photo yeah, last it's, time it's, yeah, it's, it's nice okay it's not bad it's nice. but I'm also meticulous like I have one separate pile that's for like movies that next time you're gonna watch a movie watch one of these I have that, exactly <laughs> that yeah I've got exactly that and, and, it's, and it's crazy because the pile just gets bigger but exactly it's the two right, watch it gets pile. bigger before it ever gets smaller and what's crazy but. is you've got this pile of two watch things but then you turn on the, t- on the on demand and there's a movie that right. you want to rent and see Netflix it. now is a yeah that's it um, and then but then everything else is alphabetical right no and, it's beautiful and if someone takes something out of there yeah I'm like my eyes are like locked on that it goes back yeah. in the same spot no no I'm and then it's, yeah, it's the worst too because like my shelves are only so long so if yeah. I fill the size of the shelf then I've got to like shuffle gotcha yeah no it's terrible <laughs> especially when the kids knock the shelf and oh, the kids yeah. get pushed in I get, I get mad about yeah. that yeah. oh man you should and my, my other thing that I'm super meticulous about is like my iTunes library oh right nice yeah, yeah. Yeah. everything's like labeled and, and beautiful I have a system for listening you definitely to have OCD that's, that's I, oh 100%, 100%. Yeah. I have a system for listening to music like wow I'm impressed um, okay we'll, come, we'll get a couple because it is getting late here um, I saw uh, I saw a clip of you acting as a zombie yes. bull I have a copy of the movie for you you do? Well, yeah <laughs> it's funny Okay, so tell me how this came about. I saw I saw the clip and mm, it's, it's, <laughs> tell it's, me how this it's came a, about. It's funny. Um, it came about because a brilliant. So this is anonymous zombie. Anonymous zombie. Yeah. So that is a national and internationally distributed and released uh, okay. horror movie, which a young uh, New Brunswick New Brunswick filmmaker called Rich McQueen who produced a very well received movie about um, a gentleman with. I believe autism um, mm-hmm. and a, a well received film he uh, I guess he produced that and he basically wrote this with a gentleman by the name of Adam Bunce and they 
Come in touch with me so we're making a zombie movie on the Kingston Peninsula in New Brunswick, very low budget, um, you know, do you want to do it? And I said yes, and it was, I mean, there's a scene, that, for example, that scene when the woman yeah. throws the rocks <laughs> at my head, she and I never met, we were It was both filmed on different days, because, yeah. you know, again, with a low budget movie, when, you, when people are either being paid a tiny bit or not at all, yeah. you have to work around their schedules. So, uh, yes, someone else stood in for her and vice versa. Um, what is amazing about this guy again it's, the, it's that entrepreneurial spirit right just get up and do it he went out uh, made it happen it was filmed over six months I mean I think you can see my hair change and my my, my face maybe changes shape um, <laughs> yeah, in, in between scenes but um, uh, he did it he took it to all the festivals it, it yeah. won some awards and it got picked up and that is the official I mean it's a yeah. You can get it in Walmart in America and wow. everything. Um, We're going to do here, we'll do a small pitch for it here, right here on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, We're yeah, going to yeah. read the back description. Right. A Motley group of addicts attend a rehab program on an isolated farm to get sun, relax, and consume the drugs and alcohol they manage to smuggle in. Unfortunately for them, the place gets infested with zombies. Their country resort turns into a deadly prison as they discover they are trapped inside the grounds. They must come together and fight the zombies while getting to the bottom of the infestation and what's what something or someone is controlling it. And what I almost blurted out laughing there was the tagline on the front of the movie which says it's hard to tell the zombies from the addicts right <laughs> which is essentially the, the premise of the film like Sean the premise of Shaun of the Dead was always with everyone walking around London looking like a zombie how would anyone know if there was a zombie right. outbreak similarly it's almost it's like, like a serious you know undertone to what is yeah like how would anyone playful movie yeah, and, um, but yeah no it was a blast to do and uh, very fun yeah loved yeah. it all right, the last the last thing I want to talk about quickly because one of the most the, the comments that I got back from our first interview yeah. uh, was last time we met it was also right after the Oscars yes and we talked about movies a little bit and people just thought it was hilarious um, did I say I hate Oscar movies yeah we I? talked about how Oscar movies you know especially after a long day are not necessarily what you want to watch <laughs> And you want to you want to watch something sometimes silly, something funny, mm. and we made there was a joke in there about Robert De Niro masturbating and stuff like that. So right. Anyway, so I watched. I was looking through your your Instagram and I noticed, or your Twitter. It was something something, and mm. you had posted a uh, a clip of Nick Cage from the movie Mandy. Yes. <laughs> Where he's drinking vodka in his underwear in the bathroom. Yes, and I said everyone's had a day like this. At work. Yes, right. yes. Yeah, yeah. So that it just got me curious, and and I can I could. In my head, I could picture you watching this scene, um, but I was curious where you sit on the Nick Cage debate. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's a genius. I yeah, mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I mean, that movie, I must admit, got overhyped to me, and I was okay. a bit disappointed. But um, only because it is like my perfect movie, a completely ridiculous balls out. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard such. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've heard such amazing things, and I, but I guess it's because I watch a lot of movies like that, and it's kind yes, of a movie okay. that's like that. There's four people that don't watch movies like that. Right. But I mean, Nick Cage. I mean, the weird thing is, is that when you think of his um, part in Leaving Las Vegas, which is yes. one of the greatest performances ever, and um, you know, is him as a crazy alcoholic, but not over the t- over the. T- I mean, it's obviously over the top, but it's not over the top acting. Right. Whereas in this, it's over the top acting. I mean, there's another scene which I don't where he's goes in the house and there's a pile of white powder I don't know whether it's supposed to be meth or cocaine but he picks up this kind of piece of broken glass and snorts all over his face I mean it's this kind of um, 
frenetic just utter madness yeah um, I mean I- I- any actor that pulls I mean of course he's done a load of crap movies obviously that, he has yeah and, but I mean it's weird how all act, a lot of actors go through that period of churning out these terrible action movies um, year after year with completely generic titles right. like you know uh, I, I mean, the, you know, well, now it's one in the morning, so either yeah, I can't think of one, but you know what I mean. It's just that, but it'll be like you yeah. know, um, Trespass. Like, you know, when there's already been a movie called Trespass, yeah. but Nicholas Cage is another Death one. Death like uh, Exactly. Yeah, it's just, like, it's, it's just two words interchanged all the time, right? right? And um, uh, but then every now and again he pulls out a masterpiece like this. Yeah, so I think well, it's, it was funny. I had this con- one of my friends is is a, a huge fan of Nick Cage, and right. we always tease him about it. But he always brings up a point that he's like, if you count the number of actually really good movies he has, there's actually, he probably has more good movies than your average actor, but it's just he made so many sacks of shit. Yeah, that that's a good point. And it's weird because like, when you think of John Cusack, yeah. he's another weird one who was basically one of the greatest actors of his generation. Yeah. And one of those critically acclaimed, and then suddenly has just made a thousand shit yeah. things. Um, yeah, it's funny, the law of averages. Yeah, what, yeah. Were, what have been some of your favorite were on the, the Nick Cage mm. performances or moments? Mm. Probably would be um, Living Las Vegas, definitely. There's also another movie which I think was terrible, it got terrible reviews called Dog Eat Dog. It might have a different title here where. Got terrible views, but everything he did in it was yeah. amazing. Which is often the thing that his skill is being the best thing right. in a terrible movie. Yeah. Which is a Mine was always Face Off. Face Off, oh, well, it's genius. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Yeah, but I, had a, I wanted to tell you a story. There was one time I was downtown Toronto. I forget when it was, but I was walking on the street. There's a crowd of people kind of watching from a distance, and they're filming a movie. Sure mm-hmm. enough, it's a Nick Cage movie. Well, I'll tell you right now it's one of the shitty ones which one was it? <laughs> I don't know no I don't I never found oh, yeah, out no, what yeah. it was but I'm telling you it was one of yeah. the shitty ones so yeah. there's the scene they were doing it was on a residential street just off mm-hmm. of like the main downtown area and it's Halloween so he's in a co- some kind of ridiculous costume right. uh, I think he's dressed as a cowboy and he's taking his daughter trick or treating and Keep in mind, we can't hear the dialogue. We have no idea what's going on. But he's trick or treating with his daughter. He starts talking to someone, and next next thing, he's doing some dance where he's like pumping his fist and thrusting his crotch at the person. So all we see, we're walking. There's a crowd of people just That's watching. Nick Cage going like this to yeah. some middle aged woman. I mean. At, <laughs> His commitment that's, to being mental is, yeah. is remarkable. Yeah. That's what I admire. Yeah. <laughs> All right, James, before we both mm. pass out here. Mm-hmm. And you've got to catch a flight in. Like two hours. hours. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. But I appreciate you. No, thank you. Uh, very much this. doing this again. Um, it's a pleasure. As I say, as soon as you got in touch, I wanted to do it. We had a blast last time. I had a great response to it as well. And um, yeah, and, and especially after. Like I say, after a gig like tonight, yeah. I mean, I mean, again, it was kind of a completely different type of exhilarating to last night, especially doing that Q and A thing afterwards. Which, yeah. I mean, it it blew my mind the amount of people that turned out for that. Yeah. Q and A, especially in a snowstorm, like yeah, it, it doesn't happen in many places. Like, um, uh, yeah, it's nice to be able to go home feeling uh, energized and like. 
uh, like career-wise, mentally, yeah. like on a high. When I could say four days ago, I was ready to give it up. Yeah. <laughs> so what's on? What's on the rest of the week? What's any, I got more? What? Got a corporate gig this weekend somewhere, and then more gigs next week and magazine stuff magazine and stuff. yeah. Always on. The- yeah, it's kind of yeah. It's it, I guess. The diary doesn't sh- change much. It's, mm-hmm. it's the sim- it's similar kind of things all the time. Mm-hmm. Bit of magazine, bit of comedy, and yeah, that's excellent. That's well, thank you again. For right, season thank you. two. With season two, we're oh. kicking off season two. Happy, I'm loving it. Yeah. Yeah. Happy 2019. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. Could be 2020. You never know. That's it. Yeah. Alrighty. Cool. Thanks, James. Let's do it again. See you on season three. Yeah, absolutely. Adamantium.